Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, one to preserve this sport for our kids. Bringing the stories of the normal guy on small parcels and how he gets it done. Are you just a weekend warrior? You stuck with limited time to hunt? limited time to prep just like us are you trying to figure out how to hunt with kids work and families then this is a podcast for you welcome to the whitetail legacy podcast episode 14 i actually know what episode we are on tonight i was gonna say usually you kind of look at me yeah i know i'm just going off with a home run right off the bat so tonight we're going back, and we're just doing a Me and Homie podcast. We had some guys that wanted to come on, but I've been really wanting to get this story out to you guys. I was writing the, the show notes for this, uh, and I was getting pumped. Like, well, I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm pretty much writing a novel over here cause, <laughs> because it's, just, it's such an awesome story, and I'm sad that it's over, but I'm glad that it's it ended the way it did. So uh, you have seen some pictures of the buck that, that we're talking about. Uh, it's homeboy. I named a buck just for homie. Thank God. And uh, so we so we don't have to say this this the eight pointer with kickers, you know, or something like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, we we uh, his his homeboy. Um, he's at Chris Ingram's outdoor obsession right now. We're gonna throw the the sponsored sponsored link in right there on that. So he's done a absolute phenomenal job. Best mount I got. The best thing about that mount is he would text me and he'd be like, what do you think about if I do this? And if I didn't like it, I'd tell him. And if I did, I, you know, he would be like, all right, I'm going for it. And he tried some different stuff and I absolutely love the way it turned out. He, uh, I told him I wanted some aggressive features to the deer and he freaking nailed it, dude. Ears are pinned back. His his neck's kind of puffed up. So it, it looks absolutely awesome. So great job, Chris. I know you're a listener. Unless you stop listening since you sponsored us because you're like these guys. But 
Yeah, thank you so much, man. You did an awesome job. He's kind of got some good features going on with the hide there by his shoulder, too. He's kind of got some wrinkles in there. Yeah. And, and I like to see that because you don't really see that on a lot of mounts. You just see it going straight back to the to the board there that's going to hook up to the wall. And we, I know with your deer, it's one of the few that I've seen that actually got some features right there. Yeah. You know, it's it looks, not just straight. It's not like a lot of people put a ton of rolls, so it looks unnatural. It, it's it's perfect, man. And, and – uh, People don't even know this, but that that's not that hide. And I'll get into the the story on it, but that's that's not my deer's hide. That's a deer hide that he put on there. And he absolutely killed it. And uh I gave him all the measurements and stuff and he, he had one. That's one thing about Chris, he has a lot of hides. So if you guys do have that unfortunate uh experience, uh you can you can get a hide from him. So thank you, Chris, for sponsoring the podcast and thank you for doing an absolute phenomenal job on that buck. My favorite deer I've shot uh, since I was a kid. I, it beats my first deer I ever shot, buck I ever shot because of the story. I got one deer that I shot with my grandpa that's a close second, but it's it's my it's my favorite deer. So Ingram's Outdoor Obsession, yeah. the working class taxidermist. That's right. Uh, he's going to be at the Elmwood Outdoor Show with us. Um, what What's the date on that? The Which one? Elmwood Outdoor Show. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you asked me so many times, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to get back. I think it's the 3rd and 4th. Oh, yeah, March 3rd Yeah, 4th. March 3rd and 4th. All right. He's going to be there with us, um, and he's gonna be, he actually got the booth right next to us, so uh, that'll be that'll be sweet. And how, do, you, do you know how many mounts or skulls or anything he's taking up there? No, I have no idea what his setup's going to be like. Uh, I know me and homie, we're going to take three, right? Yep. We're going to take three mounts and then a skull plate. And then uh, a bunch of sheds, probably some sheds from the buck that I talked about tonight to to match the sheds up with the deer and and show people how much a deer can grow in one year because people are going to be like, no way, no, this this is two years old or something. But yeah, we'll get that, into that story. But that, that'd be that'd be cool to see. Yeah. I mean, to actually show people, hey, this is what can happen yep. when you pass. Go ahead and get into your thing. Since we're talking about passing deer, go ahead and get into your thing. <laughs> you you maybe go right yeah, off the bat there. Yeah, we'll go right off the bat on it. So. All right. Guys, who gives a shit what you hunt with, whether it's a crossbow, whether it's a longbow, a compound, if you're only in a gun hunting, whether you're meat hunting, trophy hunting, whether you believe in using a rangefinder or uh, Bluetooth trackable knocks or lighted knocks versus non-lighted knocks. Like, who cares what you hunt with? It's... It's not you hunting with it if you don't believe in it or think it's unethical or whatever. That person believes in it, and it's it's only us hunters that are out there. So we got to stick together. And, you know, we had a message come in to us, and we just thought we needed to address that. And, you know, it's just us out there, guys. We, we got to have each other's backs. And uh, one thing that I like to hear stories about is people trying to do the right thing, like— I mean, I think everybody's had a situation to where they've been hunting and it's, you know, it's kind of not turned out how it's supposed to be. You know, you don't, it's not like it turned out on TV. You know, sometimes stuff does get sketchy here and there, you know, a minute before dark or right on the timeline of legal shooting hours or whatever. You know, I mean, I'm, I know when it's getting dark, I'm not sitting there looking at my watch. Like, you know, I'll look at my phone and be like, okay, I got five minutes. Well, you know, it might have been six minutes, and then I shot this deer, you know? But you're doing so, the right thing. So, yeah, you know. you're, you're trying to do the right thing, and th- and that's what I want to get down to is everybody's out there trying to do the right thing, and whether this guy just believes in gun hunting or 
just hunts with a compound and you know trash and gun hunting like we we got to cut that stuff out guys yeah we we had a message come in and we just want everybody to know we're not like that we we support any kind of hunting if you listen to this podcast and you don't even deer hunt and you just rabbit hunt or squirrel hunt right on dude i don't you know if you don't if you never deer hunted and you listen to this podcast or you want to get into it message us we'll we'll help you out any way we can because the deer hunting numbers are so down year after year from the qdmas and the tags that that are people are buying it's insane and i don't know if it's because it's getting up i heard this on another podcast and they didn't really want to say it but they kind of beat around the bush i'll just play it out say it's it's a a pay-to-play sport now i mean and it scares people that are new to getting into it because they see the people getting bashed on uh, social media and and stuff like that. But we just want to say that's not us. Uh, I know I know most of the people that listen to us, you know, we're, we're close friends and uh, they all believe in hunting. But anybody that's out there that is, you know, we don't know personally that's listening. I know there's a lot of you by our numbers. We just want to say, you know, if you shoot a doe and you put it on our page or you shoot a fork and horn and you put it on our page, Right on, dude. I'm going to give you props all day. So yeah, any any animal that is harvested, you've had to work for, and you know you've had to practice shooting your gun. You've had to practice shooting your bow. You've put in time that you could have been with the family, could have been playing ball or catch with your kid or something. But you know you went out and you were like, hey, I need to practice shooting. So when I do go out there and I do have the chance to harvest an animal, I know I can get it done. Yeah, and it's funny how. We all start out as meat hunters, every one of us. Like, yeah. we're like, okay, I just, you know, like my dad, he wasn't a hunter. Neither was, you know, my mom wasn't a hunter. And they were like, go out, you know, if you want to hunt, go out and shoot a deer and we'll, but we'll, you know, we'll pay for the processes because we'll get the meat. So that was my main goal every year. I'm going to get a deer down, you know, whether it's, I'm from Missouri. So whether it was rifle or, or bow, I bow hunted, you know, right when I started rifle hunting pretty much. So, um, I was, I was all over it. And, Everybody that is a huge deer hunter shoots 200-inch deer now. They all started out as a meat hunter, I guarantee it. Oh, there yeah. wasn't one guy that was 12 years old out there bow hunting. He's like, I'm only shooting a 160. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we all started at the same place. Uh, you just started at different times. But that's our rant for this podcast. We're going to wrap it up. On, oh, homie's got one more thing. <laughs> you can only shoot the deer that are on your property or around your area. You know, if the neighbor's shooting two-and-a-half-year-old bucks, you're probably not going to get to shoot a four-and-a-half-year-old deer. You know, you're going to have to shoot a small six-pointer. Yeah. But just like Cody said, you know, you're, gonna, you're just going to have to shift your focus to being a meat hunter and then count that as your success for that year. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if, I mean, if you do want to get into shooting bigger deer and you're having problems with your neighbor, if you go to talk to them, just try to be as respectful as possible the way you approach someone about that because that's kind of what, like especially if you send a text or something, there's you can't read it. You can text you message. can misinterpret a text yeah. so, so fast. So if you if you get a you know you send a text message to your neighbor, it'd be like, oh, I had trail cam pictures. That was a three and a half year old. I'm gonna be like, okay, probably I don't even know this guy. You know, I don't even know how he got his number from a friend from a friend. I'm be like, this this mother, you know. <laughs> so we want to put that out there. So we're gonna move on from that. All right, VIP shout out, VIP veteran broadhead shout out. We got Ron Watson. This guy was United States Marine Corps from 1985 to 1993, the United States Army National Guard from 2010 to 2013. I want to start out saying, Ron, thank you so much, man. We appreciate everything veterans do for us. Uh, 
there really is. We, me and homie, were talking about what you know. How can you talk and thank a veteran? There's really no way for me to thank someone that has done that for this country. And I take it personal. I take it as for me, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> Ron does run run a uh, veteran motorcycle club. It is Citizens for Soldiers, and uh, they uh, they donate and do rides for firefighters, police, first responders, and military. Um, they donated almost ten thousand uh, dollars as as far as now is what he was telling me. So they have rides and events. Um, they're having a big one coming up. They they do uh, Watauga, Oneida, Gellsburg. Uh, it goes through all that. They go to the grave sites out of the fallen, put flags up and stuff. So that's awesome. They're actually working on a sponsorship for uh, uh, people that are in school that their parents might have died in the war or passed away in some form as a firefighter or something. So hats off to you, Ron. Um, I wish I could be as gung-ho about it as you because I know that that takes a lot of time for him to do that. He's got a lot of stuff going on with working full-time or not. So, Yeah, props to Ron there. Uh, yeah. Having an idea and then taking action on that idea, not just sitting back and be like, hey, man, this would be pretty cool if somebody did this. No, he got up and did something with it. You know, He, he took action, and, and that's something to really – really recognize there all right well thank you ron that was our vip veteran broadhead shout out so we're gonna actually get right into the show man we we had like a bs session pump the brakes pump the brakes oh we got more hang on (laughs) we got more so we've got some new listeners uh you know it's been a while since we've touched on this be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram whitetail legacy on facebook and whitetail legacy podcast on instagram and then we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you listen on iTunes, leave us a review, and we'll send you a Whitetail Legacy podcast sticker. Yeah, it's crazy how much review means. I mean, it's like it takes a minute. I know it seems like we're like begging for reviews, but that pumps us on the charts, so more people can hear us, so we can get we can get a podcast out there that's not scripted and and uh, and fun. That's the main thing we try. This podcast is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be entertainment. With a little bit of knowledge kicked on the back, because we didn't want to bring. If you like strictly whitetail tactics and no bull bullshitting, you might as well just stop listening right <laughs> now, because you're not gonna get it. So, so, but that's how we roll. So, right, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, we got a sh- another order of shirts in. Uh, Cody wanted me to mention that we have man sizes in now. Uh, we're up there in the three X range now. And uh, so if you want to get at one of them, we'll be up there at Nowhere next weekend on February 25th. And then we'll be at Elmwood March 3rd and 4th. If you are not local and would like a shirt, you can message us on Facebook. Or you can message, you can email us at whitetail underscore legacy at Yahoo. And uh, we'll get you an invo- invoice sent out and uh, we'll get you a shirt ordered right up. Yeah, we got stickers too. Uh we're gonna be working on some hats soon. I really want a hat for myself, so Yeah, I say you can't really wear a shirt every day, but you can wear a hat every yeah, day. I really want a hat, so I love our logo, so I just wanna rep it hard. <laughs> can I do it can I do a quick story time real quick? Yeah. It's been like three weeks I've been trying to get it out there, oh. but I just can't. <laughs> so my na- so I, I live in like the a little suburb type deal off our main city and there's deer that just kinda stroll through in the nighttime. And, like, the night I moved in, there's four deer at, like, 1130 as I'm pulling in the last load to load in my house. So I'm like, 
there's deer standing there, and then they just take off and go right by this the neighbors across the street. They just go zinging right by their door. I was like, well, that was pretty wild. And then it was like three months later, had a couple deer in the backyard, and it was pretty cool. We just watched them and stuff. So now we got we got Aiden, and uh, about three weeks ago we come home from the store, and I see this outline of a deer, and I was like, and I seen its rack. I was like, pump the brakes, back up, turn down my side street, and start going down there. I was like, wife's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, there's a deer out in the backyard. It's a pretty nice buck. Go strolling back there. He's got a decoy with like one of them huge racks. <laughs> Your neighbor's got a decoy out there. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fourteen point rack, you <laughs> oh know. Oh my god! So I was like, "All right, all right, okay." So then, like, you know, I noticed it was out there, and then like a week later, I'm I'm holding the kid in the kitchen, and the windows pointing right out the back, and that's where the decoy's at. So Aiden's like, "Deer!" I'm like, "Okay." So I go creeping up to the window, right? decoy got me again oh, <laughs> so, so it's got me and aiden that must be a dave smith out there <laughs> right. a good looking decoy <laughs> so two weeks in a row that decoy's got me nice nice yeah luckily i neither of my neighbors hunt unluckily but i'm like <laughs> my one neighbor i'm like i like to shoot out to 70 yards just practicing and i'm like can i use your yard to shoot and he's like yeah that's cool so i just i got a really long yard north to south but if I miss, I go into a cornfield. So I'm like, I'm never going to find it, you know? <laughs> so uh, I shoot shoot east and west, and he lets me. So that's awesome. But When I when I got my new bow and I had the single pin on there, and I was like, well, we'll see how good this really is. So we're out there like 65 yards. So I'm on like the sidewalk all the way to the end of my yard. <laughs> yeah. And the neighbor across the street comes out, and he's like, you shooting that? I said, yeah. He said, how far is it? I said, it's about 57 yards. He said, well, hell, I need a scope to see that far. <laughs> I said, man, dude, you got to come look at this site. Yeah. I said, it's just all right there, ready to go for you. All right. All, all right, right, now we can now we can get into it. I'm glad it. you got that off your chest. I did. That, I, that I've was been holding story. on to it. It's been that bugging. That was a good story. That was a good story. So, homeboy. Emotional. I'm going to get emotional on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little emotional. Uh, did we say that we're recording this on YouTube? Did we say that? I can't remember. If we I, did or not. I think we told YouTube we were recording yeah, it on YouTube. Yeah, but we're, re- we're recording this for YouTube. So if anybody wants to see the raw, uncut, no edited, if we accidentally drop an F bomb version, uh, it's on YouTube. <laughs> White Tail Legacy Podcast. Uh, we just started it up. So I think I got like two subscribers. So we're yeah. really rocking there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cody's got some, some film up there. He did a couple reviews, some products. So. I still got all my film from last year to have Cody edit and get up there. Yeah. I'm not much of the film editing. I'll yeah. edit a podcast all day, but I like film editing. Film. I just can't film. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm terrible. All my stuffs. If you want to see what you could be, what what, what the worst <laughs> what? possible thing you could be, then look at mine. Because this should give you motivation to film because you know you're going to do better than that. <laughs> Okay. That's pretty much what's on YouTube. So it's a long way to get home, but yeah. we got there. We got there. So moving on. All right. Well, you I mean, you haven't seen my film yet. Yeah. So <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get this story out there. All right. All right. So we did a we did an Instagram live video if you follow us on Instagram where we showed homeboy sh- sheds from the year before I shot him. And um 
right off the get, I want to put this out there. He grew 38 inches in one year. So. If you guys see these sheds, if you come to Elmwood or nowhere, are, really good? are you going to take them nowhere? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you come to our table, you're going to see these sheds, and then you're going to see the mount, and it's going to blow your mind. Yeah. 38 inches is is crazy, and I've heard, like, stories of deer putting it on it, on him, but and uh, I thought he was three and a half, but he was just like a, you know, a, a small rack three and a half, you know, so he put a lot of inches on in, in one year. And I don't know if you're going to cover this, but this is no food plot anywhere? No. Nope, no food plot. Just a, just a boost of one year. Uh, the only thing I could say is quite a bit of food in the area and no pressure, really. And then we had kind of a light winter that year. Other than that, I mean, state of Illinois, we can't put out, like, minerals or feed or anything to really boost them up. So he just had a really good year. And that's – Maybe it was corn everywhere that's around. What, that's what is crazy. If if I wouldn't have shot him and he had another year, would he <laughs> have gained another 30 inches, you know? So that's something to think about. But all right. So 2015, I'm hunting. I get my lease, right? I go in. That was the year you got your lease, 2015. That's the year I got my lease, okay. That's why I added it up today, I think. But anyways, uh, I I go in, and uh, I, hang, I hang cameras before. I got my lease so late in the year, I hang cameras and I hang stands the same day. So I have no intel of this property. I'm in there. We found a really big shed, which is on the Nick Brown uh, episode, a picture of it. He's holding. We found a really big shed. Right after I lease the property, so that's pretty much like our only intel, and uh, we go in there. Was it was it one of them? No, it's oh. the one. No, no, and uh, and uh, we go in there, and I hang hang these stands. I'm like, all right, this is this is an awesome pinch point kind of transition zone, like I talk about. I'm gonna hang one here, and then I hung one a couple on like the outskirts to try to do like uh, what they they surveillance stands or what do you call it when uh yeah, surveillance yeah, stand, yeah. Pretty much that. So so that was pretty much what I did. So 2015, I get him. The first buck that I see hunting this property is homeboy. It's like October 4th, and I see this buck is an evening hunt and I'm on the perimeter and I see him. He's like skirting the neighbor's property, hops the fence and he comes, you know, I could have shot him right then. And I'm like, "Oh, that was sweet, you know, first buck. It's a decent you know, decent eight pointer. You know, I'm like, this is this is awesome. So then, I uh, I keep hunting, keep hunting, and then October fifteenth, I shoot uh, a 148 inch ten pointer. 148, 149, that depends on who scores it. But anyways, and uh, I shot him the that in the evening coming in early. You know, and that was just off. I only did one trail camera pull at this point. So I have you know, I have very little intel. So you're on like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. I think you think it was like beginning of September about yeah. when you yeah. got your place. Yeah. So you're going on a month and a half, mm-hmm. but you've been in there hunting, you know, a couple times yeah. at least before yeah. you even got to pull your trail cams mm-hmm. because you didn't want to go in there. Yeah. You just was on the out, outside so edge. So I had I had like I said I had an October cold front come in and I drove by and I was like I don't really know if I want to go hunting. I don't really want to pressure in this early. And then the neighbor was picking the cornfield right next to it. And I'm like, man, I know there's probably deer bedded in there. 
So, and I believe that's how I shot that buck because he got bumped out of that cornfield because he came in at 4.30 in the afternoon, you know, and it wasn't like super cold out. So, and, and I've never shot a deer or seen a big deer come from the direction he's came since since I shot that deer. But No deer at all? I've seen deer come that way, but no, 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 no mature deer. Okay. Yeah, no big deer. So, I continuing that season, uh, I get I get pictures of a buck that I call Mister Clean. He's a big eight, and uh, he's a uh, he's a hundred hundred and forty three inches clean that year with a fourteen inch spread. Just a big massy, not a sticker on him, eight pointer. Got both sides of his sheds. He's on Instagram Live too, if you want to see him. But anyways. I shoot that 10-pointer, so I decide that I'm going to pass Mr. Clean. And I have two opportunities to Mr. Clean, one during shotgun, one during bow season during November. And I pass them both times. I'm like, okay, I am I got this deer down. And then it was October 31st, I got the picture of the giant. Okay, so I'm <laughs> like, I'm not shooting anything but this deer. So What day was that? October 31st was my first picture, Halloween night in the dark. And uh, at this time... I seen homeboy eight times that season. And that season when I shot and lost that absolute giant, that was the weekend in between uh uh shotgun. Shotgun, yeah, sorry. Thanksgiving weekend and my hunting really slowed on that property. I went to state ground, did some stuff, shot some does. I just I had walked that thing so hard trying to find this that deer that I I just felt like I blew the whole thing out, so I just gave it a rest, you know. And uh, <clears throat> but before that, I seen him eight times, three within bow range, and once during shotgun season. So, and the other times were out out of you know out of bow range or out of shotgun out out of shotgun region. So, so I was like, man, this deer is just, he. This is his home range, you know. This is where he's staying. So as long as I don't pressure him, in two years I'll be able to shoot him. So that's what I was thinking. And uh, then, I mean, I left my cameras out late. I, he, I had, I got like 100 trail cam pictures of him just everywhere. I got videos of him hitting scrapes. I got, he's just all, he's like not, there's some bucks that I get on trail camera that I only get in like one specific, and this spot I'm talking about is 40 acres. So it's not huge. <laughs> right. So to get him all over is crazy, but. I, some bucks I get in like one spot where they just barely touch the property, you know, transitioning to another property. This deer I got all over the place. Like during the rut, he was he was all over the place. I mean, because I had a lot of cameras on this place because I'm trying to fill it out and figure out, you know, it's really hard to hunt. And it's almost like two completely different timbers. Access is my biggest problem. So I'm trying to figure out where the deer are. I don't care when I'm getting pictures, day, dark. I don't I don't care. I'm just trying to figure out the deer on that property because I just got it. So I, I don't, you know, 80 to 100 pictures, I bet, maybe more of them I got that year. So he was just all over the place. And then uh, that, that same year, I rattled him in twice. So he was like, I just be like, oh, there's homeboy. Oh, there's home. I'm like, here comes this buck running in. I'm like, well, there's homeboy, you know. Or I'm like, oh, buck, buck, buck. Well, oh, homeboy. I'm like, this deer just begging to die. You know? <laughs> right. I had him five yards at one point, you know. And I'm just like, and he and what it was, he was feeding in this one field. And every time I hunted that stand, it was like clockwork. After the rut, he was just there, you know. So, so 
you when you first got your piece and then you got a picture of the monster on Halloween. Mm-hmm. So obviously this deer is not the most dominant deer in the area. No. Nope. Is there any deer that or I mean I'm sure there's bucks in between the giant and homeboy that are just mixed in there. So you think he's just running everywhere because I or? think he was just a three and a half year old punk like we talk about that just thinks he's huge. Yeah, just thinks he's huge. He's like He's like a eighteen year old kid, like I was when I was eighteen. You know, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm eighteen. Nothing can hurt me. I'm a stud. You know. <laughs> you know? Right. He's just running around trying to find does, and and he's trying to fill it, figure out the property himself. You know, he's like, okay, where are the does at? Where are the does? You know, because it seems like people talk about, and I've noticed too, when you get a really mature deer, they know where the does are going to be during the rut, and they don't run around crazy. You know, most of the time, unless a doe pulls them somewhere or something, but. This deer was just everywhere. There was like like this would be the hardest deer to pattern ever. Like just everywhere. So I so, still don't understand how people do that. I have no idea. But you I I did it to this buck almost and then I failed, but I'll I'll get into <laughs> that. So but yeah, I had a I had an awesome video of him hitting the scrape and he like does two paws and he looks at the camera, looks back at the scrape and he's like he knew in his mind he's like, Oh yeah, someone's watching me and then he like struts away backwards and then turns around and looks i'm like what are you doing man you're like a superstar (laughs) yeah but i routed him right out of the bedding area that i killed my buck this year out of um and then one other time and i was like this this deer is just all over the place so you see that's kind of crazy that he's gonna come into rattling yeah knowing that he's at least bumped into a 180 (laughs) 190 deer i had a video i put on facebook that year and I'm rattling during second shotgun season, and here comes, like, just the loudest noise through the timber ever. I'm like, must be a giant, okay? Forking horn <laughs> with a busted front right elbow, barely walking, runs into a rattle horn, just screams in. I'm like, what are you doing, man? You're already beat up, right? He's got, like, the worst limp ever. I almost shot him because I was like, I'm going to be tagged out now. And Coyote I, bait. Uh, but he's just, you know, I didn't do it. But if he, if he would have been a little closer, I, pro- I really had a thought about it. But he came in, and I was like, all right, it's a fork and horn. But, yeah, I did. I think I did a Snapchat, too. I'm like, thought it was a giant. And then his hair steps out this fork and horn. I'm like, man. But, anyways, yeah, so I don't know. There's, there's a lot of bucks that frequent that place during the rut. And uh, if you time it right, it's it's phenomenal, so. All right, so I pass him all year. I pass Mr. Clean all year. I shoot the giant. I don't find him. Everybody's heard the story already. That's that's followed the podcast. You pass Mr. Clean as this. Yes, set I passed him right here. right here. Two twice. Once with the bow. Once with the shotgun. Because you were going after the. Because I was boy. going after the big boy. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say you're not gonna say you're gonna pass that deer if that's the deer you're going after. No, no. I think anybody would shoot that deer. <clears throat> yeah. So, so going into the shed season. I want to I want to find to be honest with you I want to find my big deer dead cuz I or a shed. Yeah, I, I don't, either want to find dead or I want to find a shed cuz I want to know what happened to that deer cuz all year that's all I'm going to think about. So I get permission on as much properties I can shed hunting in that area. Don't see a trace of them at all. I don't blame you for wishing that either. Yeah. That's, you know. I mean, he was Fatally wounded yeah. from the stories. Yeah. We're going to have to cover this in depth at some point yeah. here. Yeah. So he's he the deer's fatally wounded, and uh, 
Ah oh, man. But anyways, so I'm like, I'm trying to find <laughs> emotional mi- on that, dear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to find Mr. Clean Shed, and then I'm like, I'm gonna find Homeboy Shed. I just knew it because I was like, dude, this deer's like, he just lives in my in my lease. He never leaves. So, Mr. Clean, he kind of faded away towards the end of the season, and I had some other bucks that I seen, you know, on trail camera that I. I'd, any a sh- any shed's a good shed to me. A forked horn, I don't really care. Oh yeah, I love well, I love picking them up. So I was actually just uh, at work there, showing pictures of people on Facebook. They were they had it was like show us your smallest shed. People were like showing buttons and stuff. I'm yeah. like, how in the hell do no you even idea, find but... that? Anyways, I found. So I'm walking and I find Mister Clean's right side, perfectly clean, no chew marks. Blood drop still on the base, you know. So he just dropped it a couple, you know, a couple days before I found it. Beautiful. I pick it up. I'm like, really nice deer. This deer is gonna blow up. You know, I'm like, this deer, huge mass, eight pointer. I'm like, dude, this this could be a 168 next year. Now that you got your hands on him and got to yeah. see what he actually yeah. was, I'm like, this is an awesome deer. And then, 20 minutes later, maybe 150, 200 yards away. I find Homeboyd's right side. So I got both right sides that day. So I'm like, oh, this is cool, you know. Then I find a couple of smaller sheds, three-point side and a little four-point side. And then I give it like a week, maybe a week and a half, and then I go back in there. And this is like – I'm. so this was on the very uh, north side of my property. So I probably found the other sheds 300 yards away maybe. This is like – there's a – little set-aside grass part that's not on my property but is right next to it where there's like a, a real steep hillside but it flats out right there and that grass goes out to the cornfields so i was like well if they're bedding on my property and they're not bedding in that grass because I, I don't have permission to walk that so i can't walk it so i i was like i'm gonna r- hit that flat really good because i think they'd be bedding there they'd be out of the wind and then they'd be able to go up there eat through that grass in the evening, and then go out the fields at dark. I say, you know that grass is just piled with yeah, sheds. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> it's piled, but that guy doesn't let anybody on. Uh, he's an animal lover, so I I respect him. Uh, he lets me access his field to walk through, so I can't lose that, so I got to respect the guy. But um, anyways, so I walk that piece, and I find Mr. Clean's uh, left side, and it's chewed pretty bad. It's a little bit wider, but I got the match set, so I'm pumped at this point. And uh, then 10 foot away is Homeboy's left side. No, you just said Homeboy on the first one. That's, oh. why, I, that's, why, I was oh, looking, that's why I was looking there. Okay, okay. Anyways, Mr. Clean's the one that's chewed. I found it first. Then I find Homeboy's 10 foot away. Uh, so I went out one time, found both one side, went out the next time, and matched both the bucks up. So I was like, this is so cool. I got two deer that I can hunt next year. With both sides of their sheds, so I uh, I go out and I you know I shed hunt some more. I never find uh, never find that the big deer I lost or anything like that. So, but I uh, I'm stoked for 2016 about Mister Clean. I'm like he was here early, he was here during the rut, and then he kind of faded off. I'm like I'm I'm getting on him, you know. I'm like this this is gonna be my target buck because i got both of his sheds you know and this is this is what i want to go after how many pictures you got of mr clean uh maybe like six or seven not very many did you, got, s- did you see him hunting at yeah, all yeah okay. seen him the past
passed him the two times, and both times I'd seen him, I could have shot him with a bow, and I could have shot him with a shotgun. But I never seen him. I never seen him. You know that that next year that going into the story. So I got both the guy, the sheds. I plan a food plot. I'm like, okay, I the deer aren't drawn to the the east side of my property because it's open field for a long way before any other timber. So I'm like, well, maybe if I plant a food plot, I got a good spot to do it. It's not something I've done a lot, but I'll try it out, you know, and see how it works. So I plant the food plot, and and more or less, I'm like, I'll just, you know, I'll put a couple cameras on it, and I'll see what what I got. And this was a timber, in the timber food plot. So Tecumani, they have a food plot seed called, uh, I think it's, it's not a throw and grow. It's shake and rake. That's what it was. It's kind of like show and grow, but they mix it up with shake and rake. And it comes in a shake bottle, and that's what I planted. And then I broadcast some turnips with it to get just a little different, you know, give them, give them like a, a buffet out there, you know, because I don't really know what the, you know, what other people were playing in the <laughs> right. area or anything like that. So I, uh, I get a picture of Mr. Clean on that food plot at night going, but – He's going in a completely different way than I've I've ever got a trail cam pictures of him, and my camera must have been set up at a weird angle because you get them pictures where it's kind of a weird angle, and he just looks huge. <laughs> he looked unproportionate to his body, you know. What I mean, I'm like, what is this thing? Looks like he's got four foot tall antlers, you know? It's this is incredible. But I'm like, dude, this is this is the biggest eight I've ever seen in my life. One trail cam pic, okay. Anytime I send Cody a picture of any deer that's huge, oh, it must be the angle. It looks yeah. huge. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're yeah. a big angle guy. I'm a big angle guy. <laughs> that's, and that's where I got it from because Mr. Clean looked giant. Okay. So I think I should close up the story on Mr. Clean before I finish with Okay, yeah. So Hey, it's, it's, my, it's our podcast yeah. year episode, but I hunt Mr. Clean all year, okay? I got one trail camp picture of him, so I'm not real stoked. I'm like, well, I know where he was rutting last year, and I know where he might be, so I'm, that's what I'm going to hunt, you know. I would never got a picture of an absolute, like, just stellar giant that year, you know, where it, it was, you know, like a 180-class deer, where it's like, oh, this is a no-brainer, you know, 170. So I didn't really ha- – that was my target deer, you know. And then, the and then of course, Homeboy was my number one target, so – but anyways, finish Mr. Clean store. So I hunt him all year, no, no success. So I'm thinking, okay, wh- where did he go? So Kyle Eklund, which is he used to own the piece. His dad used to own the piece right behind me. He sends me a picture of this shed over Snapchat. I'm like, oh, that's Mr. Clean. Because there's like, this, this is a shed that literally has no bumps on it, no kickers. Literally just the cleanest looking massy eight you've ever seen. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be Mr. Clean. So I got together, definitely Mr. Clean. He's like, oh, I got both sides. I'm like, sweet. He's alive. He's big. He only gained seven inches in a year. From this from set this, here From this to, set to that one. So so this is 2015. Yeah. And then the neighbor's got 2016. Yeah, yeah and, he's, and he gained seven inches. <laughs> then later on in the shed season – he finds this monster dead buck that's already shed his antlers. And and he noticed that there's like a chunk missing out of the skull. And Mr. Clean's rack, just that chunk fits perfect right in that skull. So Mr. Clean's dead. I mean, 
no one knows what he died from, uh, poacher or old age or no one knows. The people that hunt in between us kind of uh, could have shot him. Uh, I definitely would have shot him if I had the chance. You know, just an absolute beautiful, big, nasty deer. Is he still an eight point? Still a clean eight, no kickers, no nothing on him. Crazy. Never threw a kicker, never threw nothing. I think he was at least five and a half when – just because I seen him so much at four and a half, and uh, uh, yeah, he 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 ended up dying. Uh, he took him to uh, uh, some outdoor show, and I think he scored 154 inches. So awesome deer, stellar deer. Wish wish I could have him, but you know, no one no one got him. You know, and and uh, I would I would like to buy them sheds off Eklund just just to have the whole be cool. the story, but. You know, I never ask him. He might, he might not. I don't know. But anyways, okay, getting back, getting back into homeboy. So Mr. Clean, hunt him all year. He's dead. So, so March or April of 16. Yeah. Yeah, I find Mr. Clean. He's, he's, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. So, uh, so going on. Well, no, it would have been, it would have been 17. No, 16. Yeah, 16. Because I, I got the pictures in 15. I hunted at least 15. He okay. died in 16. Okay. So, anyways, okay, so. And so these sheds are, okay, from 15. Yeah, from 15. Okay, so, all right. So, I, I want to get pictures of Mr. Clean. So, I'm thinking, I got this property not really 100% figured out, but I got a good idea of what the bucks are doing on it during the rut and early season. So, I'm like, I'm going to hang a camera kind of on this field edge where I'm not going to be hurting anything. And just let it run during the summer and see what's using it. So I get a picture of this deer, and I'm like, I have no idea what it is, but it's this it's this eight-pointer, and it's got three kickers off one brow. I'm like, and they're, they're like deep kickers, you know. I'm like, sweet, you know. And, and you can tell he's super massy, you know, and during velvet they look, you know, crazy massy. You could tell they didn't have a ton of time length, but he, it was decent, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, this is this is a shooter for me. Looks looks four and a half or bigger. During the summer, it's hard to tell for me because you you hunt them, you know, late October and stuff. When you see them, then you can really tell. So during the summer, kind of kind of iffy on the age, but uh, I feel like when I figured it out, I was looking through trail cam pictures and I seen homeboy's right side brow, and I was like, oh my gosh, this this is him. You know, this is the buck that I got pictures of. So. I'm like this, this is him. So this is my that's my my number one, number two target buck between Mister Clean and him. So, so I I start. I'm like I want to keen in on this buck before season. I want to kill him early because he was around everywhere early season. You know, I was just seeing him. You know, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna push in a little further of where I think this deer might be bedded. And I'm telling you right now, I am not a professional. This was a whim chance, but I literally have 50 pictures of this deer bedded. I put a camera <laughs> 40 yards or 30 yards from his bed, hidden in like a down tree and stuff. And he was bedding right on the edge of a field, like 50 yards off a field edge. And he was feeding that field, bedding there during the daylight. I mean, and I was like, okay. I cannot believe I actually, 
like you hear people, oh yeah, I know where he's bed and I know where he's feet. I'm like, I actually can, I know that. Okay, <laughs> I know where I got deer. I got picture of this deer turned around, licking, licking himself, every angle you can think of, standing up, setting back down, standing up. You know, for a I, he bedded there three days out of a week. So I got three days of him pictures of bedding, you know. And I'm like, man, I'm all over this deer. My confidence is super high, you know. So I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe that it all that that worked that worked like that because that that's not how I hunt, you know. I'm like, <laughs> right. I get a picture of a buck and I can't pattern it. It's 40 acres, so I'm like, I got this deer pattern, you know. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. So I get some pictures of him two weeks before season. He's still doing the same thing. I'm like, at this point, I feel pretty secure. His velvet's gone. I'm like, I know where this buck's at. I feel like I could go in there opening day if I got the right wind and kill him. So, before any other pressure gets on him. Is is the fields in or out on the surrounding? They're in. They're in? Okay. Everything's in. For some reason, I feel like, you know, the week before and the week after our the fields come in and out. I feel like that it's like not any hunting is not good. Yeah. I just feel like the the fields coming out just yeah. totally throws them off. You know, you got the farmer bringing in the tractor, you got mm-hmm. the farmer bringing in the combine like three four days before, and then they hear it and it gets them stirred up, and then they're picking for three days or five days, however long it takes, and then. So they're all messed up there, and then you know three four days after they're done, it's just. Not good. Yeah, I think the same thing. I think it says I'm a big believer that the big deer bed in that corn, and and then they get bumped out of it. So now they're changing, you know, where they're bedding at and stuff, going back to different areas. But but anyway, so so he's bedding where I think he's bedding is right on the edge of this field. And like my interest, my normal interest route from the year before, there's like a piece of this field that's kind of tall grass. There's an old fence line that's really grown up with trees and stuff. I, so I always skirted that fence line. But if I would do that now, I'd be 40, 50 yards from where he's bedding. Okay? So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to, I know I'm definitely going in on the evening because I, I feel like he's going to be back to bed way early in the morning. But I had pictures of him getting up and going towards my stand, you know, within daylight. And, from my stand, from where the camera is, is 80 yards, 90 yards. So I'm like, okay, I feel like, but it's kind of, I could get into the stand without him seeing me because it's kind of down a bottom and around a corner of a fence line with a bunch of timber. And it's all tall grass, like eight-foot tall grass, you know, where he's coming out of into, into my lease. So, And you're hunting towards the field from where he's bedded? I'm hunting, yeah, he's bedding there and he's circling around and coming to the field kind of like to the to the east so he's working east and then cut or working west and then cutting around coming in east okay so my stand would be towards the west so he's got to cut just the edge of my lease to get to that field so uh because i had the camera there first and then i moved it to where i thought he was bedding and i nailed him but anyways so i'm like i'm gonna have to completely change my entrance route to to kill this deer so opening evening I have the right wind, which is really weird to get a, a west or a northwest wind open evening, but I had it. So I was like, I got to go for it. You know, this this deer is in the daylight, two weeks before season. 
So I sneak through that corn super slow. I go in there. I'm in the stand way too early, you know, like 1.30, you know. I'm like, I just want to get in there early, you know, and I got a long, I don't, it's really not a long walk, but it was through that standing corn, so I was really taking my time. And you're going slow. Yeah, make, making sure I didn't have any noise. So I made that adjustment instead of walking close to his bed. Uh, I feel like he probably knew that I did that maybe, and that's why he was, because he, he would have definitely seen me if I walked in there. I mean, there's no no chance about it. He would have he would have seen me. So, and then if I would have walked in anything on a north wind, he would have smelled me. Northwest, he would have smelled me. So on the, on the uh, yeah on the other way on the other way. So I was like, I gotta go in and do this. So so I I get to the stand, perfect. You know, I'm like, man, I got in so quiet. Everything's still green in there, and and I have a stellar hunt. I see like six does, two small bucks, and I have this little little uh. Like forked horn rubbing on a tree like ten yards from me, just an awesome hunt, you know. For early season to get you pumped about season, it it you it gets you really pumped. So then, not nothing nothing shows. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm packing up. I walk out super slow. I make sure I'm way pat, you know. And that's where I think I messed up. I don't have any access besides that field. So here I am trying not to pressure him in the morning. But now I'm walking out in the field that I think he's bed he's feeding in at night. So I completely don't get a trail cam picture of him rest of the year until I shot him. I never I do not see him all year. So I literally think I blew that deer out when I walked out of that corn. That's something I learned is if you have to take a ridiculous route out to not bump a deer <laughs> that you and I do that now sometimes. I take just retarded long ways but i really think that that deer was feeding in that field and i bumped him when i left and then in my mind i knew that would i was in the stand i wasn't thinking of that before i got there but when i was in the stand i'm like oh my gosh how am i gonna get out of here without i'm like i either gotta kill him in this set or i'm not killing him that was my mindset when i was sitting there so mm. so i i didn't get no sightings no trail cam pictures. He's like completely gone. So the year before, he's just everywhere. everywhere. He's everywhere. You bump him one time, and yeah, now he's, he's gone. gone. And, and he's a year older. I think that had a big deal. He's bigger, so I don't. I think his home range shrunk even smaller. Yeah, they say you know like three and a half, four and a half. These deer you can be daylight active, and then you know you'll have that one year. You know they're five and a half or four and a half. And then they are just nocturnal, and you can't do anything to get them up and get a picture or a sighting during yep. daylight for nothing. Yeah, and then next thing you know, they're six and a half or seven and a half, and then they're yeah. – it's like they don't even care they're anymore. They're everywhere, yeah. I've heard that too. So so I hunt, I hunt pretty hard. I had a 10-point on trail cam during Velvet that was, oh, man, beautiful, needed a year. So I had seen the deer – had him within shooting range, and I passed. I wish I would have shot him now, but I I haven't seen him. I had, I seen him again that year later on, but I never I haven't seen him since. Or some you know something that I could relate to is him. No choking pictures, nothing like that. So flash forward, so I mess up. Oh, October first, <laughs> I'm in there trying to shoot a target buck. Just pumped about what we talk about not doing on this podcast all the <laughs> right. time. Everything we said not to do, Cody's doing. But I had so much intel to tell me 
dude, this is the time to kill him. You know? Yeah, if you got pictures of him bedding down, you know, every other day or whatever, yeah, you, you know, know more just, than half the And week. literally, if he would have been bedding in that spot, I would have shot him. Like, I guarantee it. If he would have been there that day, he was walking towards my stand with plenty of daylight left, 40 minutes of daylight. He would have made, I mean, I don't know. Would he have made it 80 yards in 40 minutes? I don't remember. But still. Yeah. You know, you would think. But, oh man, I he just he wasn't there. That would be a hell of a lot of brows that did not make yeah. it. <laughs> but but I, I don't know if I don't know if I bumped him or not, but in my mind I feel like I did because for him to just vanish after, you know, when if a buck's in velvet and you don't get trail cam pictures of him in Hardhorn, I understand that. That's happened to me multiple years. But uh the for him to be in Hardhorn two weeks before season, a week and a couple days before season and then nothing. I'm like <sighs> Man, blew so, that. <laughs> yeah. So, flash forward, November twelfth. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I think I texted you. I'm like, I'm yep. calling into work. I'm calling using a floater vacation day. For some reason, Cody likes November twelfth. I love that day. I don't know. Mark, Seems like Mark Drury has his day November seventh. Yeah. Is it seventh or the ninth? I don't know. I think it's the seventh. November seventh. Yeah. Everybody, everybody just loves November seventh. Cody, yeah. he loves November twelfth. Yeah. So. So I walk in, and uh, it's just absolutely perfect. I mean, it's just one—it's one of those days that people don't talk about on this podcast. It's a bluebird. It's not raining. <laughs> it's a bluebird. Uh, northwest wind, about ten, about twenty-eight, twenty-seven degrees out. Early in the morning, high thermals, high pressure, just absolute perfect. A light frost, you know. Uh, oh man, just. Just one of those mornings where you're like, I got to go hunting. What's the moon doing? I have no idea. No <laughs> okay. idea. On we, and we don't even know what it means if we knew yeah. what it was yeah. doing. <laughs> but anyway, so so I go out and I text him. I text homie. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm taking today. The conditions are right for today, tomorrow, and the weekend. So I'm taking this four days. I'm going nonstop hunting all day sets. So I literally, I pack in a lunch. I got, I got a, a killer sandwich. I mean... <laughs> Killer, <laughs> buffalo chicken deli meat, pepper jack cheese. Probably could, deer could probably smell me from like two miles away. Baller sandwich. I got Cheez Its, you know, Snickers bar, bottled water. I'm I'm rocking up there, dude. Beef jerky. I'm I'm living the dream for lunch snacks. You're ready to sit. Yeah, I'm ready to sit all day. I got like one of those mini cans of Pringles. You know, anything that's not really loud. That's what I'm trying to go for. <laughs> like you eat an apple out there, you're like. <sighs> <laughs> You know, you're like, this is the loudest thing ever. But anyway, so so I got all that. So I literally, I sat down, and it, the daylight's just creeping up, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be one of those days. I can just tell it, you know. And then before shooting light, here comes a monster buck. Maybe mid 150s, 160, so that's a monster for me. Cruising with a doe about 35 40 yards and they they just like some people say deer follow trails they went through the thickest stuff i've ever seen i'd never walk through it they just just pushing right through it you know i'm like what are you doing but the doe was trying to lose that buck she wasn't ready but that buck they you know hop the fence on the neighbors i'm watching them go away i'm like oh man 10 minutes early 10 minutes later 
and I could have shot that deer, you know. I probably could, you know, might have been able to pull him in that extra 10 yards or grunted at him or something to pique his interest. So I'm like, deer moving. You know, I know I got a kind of hot doe in my area because I went into, it's like, I know where the bedding area on my neighbor's spot is because all the does go right into that same spot every year. They went right in there. I'm like, that's perfect. So if there's any other does in there, he's going to be pushing them out, you know, so that it gets stuff stirred up. So then, right at shooting light, maybe five minutes after, I see the 10 that I passed earlier that year with a doe. And this is later on in the year now, so I'm like, I'm probably going to shoot that deer if it comes close enough. It's a nice deer, you know, mid-140s. I'm like, I'm going to shoot it if it comes close enough. And uh, don't come close enough. They kind of cut all the way across my property about 80 yards, and then they hop on the neighbors and, and then go into the same bedding area. So then I'm like, okay, what am, you know, it's probably it's 30 minutes into daylight. I'm like, I'm going to do a light rattle session. So I do, I'm like, I know that this deer was pretty active on rattling last year. I do a light rattling session, rattling three bucks. Never rattled in three bucks before. Rattled in three bucks right to my stand. I'm like, this is nuts, dude. It is on fire today, you know. Nothing big, you know. 100 inches is the biggest deer. But it was so cool to see a 100-inch deer ran all the way out into open field right to the road then turned around and scent checked the whole doe bedding area right along the road. Like, hit the on road. The, on the east side of your property? Yeah, hit the road and then scent checked the whole, the whole doe bedding area right back into the timber. He'd walk 25 yards, stop, and scent check. And I was like, dude, that the three-and-a-half-year-old knows what he's doing, you know. Maybe 110 inches, you know, or something. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and then here comes these two does. And uh, if – we have to go over the story of my deer that I shot and lost in detail, but they come in on the exact same trail that those two does came in that the one that busted me the right. I mean, that's like four or five yards. I mean, it's close. So I'm like, okay, I'm at this point, I've already been busted by does in this exact same spot on a giant deer. So I'm not moving. I'm like my skeletal up there. I'm, I'm like, you know, nothing, not even blinking, you know, and they work past me and they work out. And they go right through my wind and then right on down. I'm like, they don't even blow, nothing. I'm like, oh, sweet. And thermals must be rocking. I'm good to go. And then here comes this small buck right behind him. So I'm like, okay. Doe stops, pees. I'm like, oh, she's hot. You know, she's ready to go. This small buck's grunting, brah, you know, just going crazy, chasing him around. The, he's just drawing in all kinds of bucks. At this point, from the bucks I've seen early, the bucks I rattled in, the bucks that are with these two does, I've seen 10 bucks. 10 for sure different bucks. Two shooters, one before daylight I couldn't shoot, one that didn't get close enough. So I'm like, this has been the best hunt I've ever had. You know, I'm like, this is some Mark Jury stuff. <laughs> That's what you see, like, where they take like three weeks of filming and put it in one episode. I was seeing in one day. So I knew these does were hot and then they come back in bed like 60 yards away i'm like oh my god you couldn't paint a better picture right now you know so they're bedding they get bumped up by a small buck they do like a small circle they come back and they bed back down I'm like i'm just like small bucks just leave these girls alone you didn't run them enough just let them chill you know i got that estrus blowing in the wind 
I got a live decoy right there. So <laughs> I'm texting home. I, I was texting you and another buddy. I'm like, just seen 10, 10th buck. And my buddy's like, you're going to shoot something today. And homie's like, no way. Homie's at work. So he's yeah. Like, he's like, no way, man. I'm like, dude, there's deer everywhere. I feel like they think I'm lying because <laughs> just you don't see that, you know. I believe it was a Friday, too. And Cody's, Cody said, yeah, I'm going hunting tomorrow, you know, Thursday night. And I was like, yeah, you know. Uh. And then I didn't go, and he went, and it was just off the charts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so... So after about when I'm texting homie, it's like eight twenty five ish, I remember. And I text Tom, other buddy, I'm like, dude, there's bucks everywhere. And he was supposed to take off work and hunt that day. So and he's like, Man, I should've I should have done it. I'm like, Yeah, I'm like, dude, there there's deer everywhere. At that point I look up, here is a stud eight pointer, chocolate racked, mid one fifties, coming right in. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to grunt. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to pick up my bow, get ready. He comes off the neighbors, 60 yards to the fence line, turns left, then walks right through the hole where I'm like, I'm going to set a stand here because they're going to walk through this (laughs) fence line hole. Walk right through the fence line, right at me. Okay. But before, before all that, he comes out, he gets to the fence line and I look behind him and it's freaking homeboy. I haven't seen him. I'm, like, getting chills thinking about it, dude. He's, like, coming up over the grass edge right where you can start seeing. And it's freaking homeboy at this point. So I'm, like, that eight-pointer, I'm not even thinking about shooting him, you know. But I'm, like, all right, this might screw me because now I got two mature deer right together, you know. And they start, like, homeboy, like, sees him, starts doing, like, the posture walk towards him. Then the the eight-pointer, I don't know if they were cruising together or they just met each other because they kind of came out of the same spot. But it was almost like Homeboy was chasing that other eight, you know, away from that main doe bedding area that they came out of. And uh, so that eight works past me, and then he hangs up at like three, four yards where that doe took a pee right there. I'm like, just go away, (laughs) you know. And here comes Homeboy. He's cruising in, and he's, you know, doing that ears back. He's, He's ticked at this other buck. He gets... Walks right through that same fence line. He's at five yards at this point, and I got this other deer right here. And I'm like, "What am I? I haven't even drawn yet. What am I gonna draw?" I'm like, "I'm so mesmerized by what's going on. I can. I'm, I got my bow in my hand. I'm like, I'm not even drawn. So I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna wait until this buck gets behind my tree because I'm facing towards the west, and these bucks are working north and south." So, like, when he's on the east side of this tree, I'm going to draw. I'm already stood up. I'm ready to go. I just haven't drawn yet because I'm trying to figure out, you know, what what's what I'm going to shoot. So, so I draw. This freaking eight-pointer sees me. I see something. He don't blow, but he, like, freaks out for a second, you know. I don't know if he caught my scent when I walked in or what. See me draw. Literally, homeboy's at like five yards, and I'm almost, I'm like going to hit the trigger at this point. He freaks out, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm full draw. He, he like, circles around the back of my tree and then comes right up to the front of the stand, like two yards, three yards, right behind this down hedge tree. He's, like, right there. That's, like, my main cover I use for this stand is this, like, a hedge tree top broke off, and it's setting in between the trees. And homeboy, like, 
He don't really know what's going on, so he freaks out, and he cuts back. He's maybe at like 12 yards, 15 yards now. So they're both behind stuff I can't shoot. They have no idea what – they're not like looking up in the tree or anything. I'm at full draw still at this point. So I'm just holding like as still as I can like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do? I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I want to shoot homeboy, but when everyone steps out behind something first, I'm shooting. I'm like, that's my only option because if I try to go for one and not the other, it's going to end up messing up. So I'm I'm drawn back, and I'm like, all right. I'm all right. I'm, they're going to move. Going to move. 60 seconds. I know people say, like, it, it you seemed like a long time, but, dude, it felt like five minutes. That's why I'm saying 60 seconds. So I, like, do the best letdown I've ever done in my life. I'm like, I, like – there's no like quick action. I'm like holding the bow back as hard as I can and slowly letting off. And then I'm like as tight as I can. I'm like, all right, I'm down now. And they don't move. I'm like, all right. So now I got two deer within 15 yards, shooter bucks, and I have to draw again on them. I already messed up once. So I'm like, whatever one moves first is getting it. So this, the the big eight, the chocolate rack eight, he's just standing three feet yards right there behind a bunch of stuff. I know he can't see me. Homeboy's kind of where he could see me draw. So I'm like, all right. So he does like this spin and like looks the other direction. And I think he's going to take off. But then he turns back towards me. And right when I see him turn back, I draw. He's courting away about 16 yards. I'm like, it's open. Took two steps right there. And I smoked him. Courting away right behind the back rib. Went all the way up in him. Buried my arrow to the fletching. I'm like, money. When I shot him, of course, I'm like, oh, that's money, you know. And then the other the other buck doesn't even move. Nothing. I'm like, I'm like, what? I just shot this deer. It takes off. I just shot homeboy. It takes off. This other buck's like, then just slowly starts walking away. I'm like, if Tom would have been here like he could have, he could have shot that buck. We could have doubled out of the same tree. That would have been the best story ever. Yeah. And, uh. So, I know I put a good shot on the homeboy, I think, at least. And then, like, we talk about, like, 20 minutes goes by, and I'm like, oh, man. How how was that shot? I'm, like, replaying it in my mind. I'm like, I think it was good. I didn't see him go down. I had good penetration. I'm walking through all, like, what was his angle? How was he standing? You know, trying to play it out. I'm like, well, maybe he wasn't as quartered as I thought, and maybe I just got, like, liver, you know. And and I know I didn't get a pass-through. So I'm thinking I wasn't shooting VIPs either. I'm just that's the that problem. There. But anyways, I didn't get a pass through, and uh, I was like, "What? What am I gonna do?" So this is at eight something, you know, eight thirty, eight thirty-five. I'm like, "Well, I there's something about bringing your buddies out to help you track a deer, you know, just everybody reliving the experience." I'm like, "It's it's daylight, it's plenty cold." I'm like, "I'm just gonna give this deer plenty of time." I'm like. Buddies get off about 3 o'clock, and their album come out, okay? So they get there about 3.30. We we track the deer about 25, 30 yards, find my arrow, realize I got awesome penetration. I'm like, okay, so if I didn't get an exit at this point, I, he was quartering hard. And then this deer ran. He ran until he died. I, I got both lungs and the bottom of the heart. He ran, and he was, like, up in a tree. Like, the front of his head was, like, you know, like, the little green bushes that I talk about? He was, like, up in that, like, tangled. So he just ran until he just collapsed. 
But during the daylight, <laughs> there was the hindquarters of him were gone. The coyotes got to him so bad. You know, I let him set from 8.30-ish, 9 to 3.30 when I found him, and the back quarters were gone. The hide was ripped all the way to the neck, gone. I mean, there there was no, there wasn't even back leg bones. I mean, they were just gone. I'm thinking, all right, I mean, I got the deer, but this is the worst ever. You know, I'm feeling, like, terrible, like, I should have got in here quicker and got this deer, you know, but... I'm thinking middle of the daylight, you know, I, a lot of people tell me, oh, I leave him set 12 hours, you know, no big deal, you know, and, but I don't know if he just died so quickly and a coyote just happened to, I don't know, I have no idea what happened, but yeah, he was, I saved the loins, they weren't too bad, I'm like, I don't really want to know, I don't want to know if I can, if a coyote ate on this, (laughs) but I felt so bad, I had to save something, you know what I mean, so, I took the deer, a whole deer out. You know, it was, it was, you know, I wrapped him up in a tarp and I took the whole deer out. I'm like, I got to save something. You know, I just felt terrible. And uh, that's why I don't have awesome pictures with that deer because he was just so mangled. And uh, when we were tracking the deer, it was funny because we were, you know, we were within 40 yards of him and we could smell, you know, we could smell him. I was like, oh, I knew it was bad then. You know, and but I knew he was down, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You shot your target buck, but I'm a real big, you know, everything you shoot, eat, you know, and, and try to do as much as you can with. So I'm like, you know, I failed this deer on that point. I should have got, I could have literally shot him and walked right in after him and picked him up because he died that quick. So that was a, another mistake on this hunt for me. But uh, well, I mean, you try to do the right thing at least, though. I mean, give him plenty of time and let let him do what he's got to do. I mean, you didn't know that coyotes were going to get on him. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh it was it was one of the coolest track jobs and the scariest track jobs I've ever been on cuz the giant buck that I lost, this deer took the exact same trail. That and and it the, he ran onto my neighbors just a little bit. And where I jumped the buck that I shot and lost was 50 yards away from where I found this deer. So I was, like, following the same trail. I'm like, oh, I, this is like a horror story. Playing over again, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But I got him, and uh, he is an eight-pointer, seven-inch basis, um, beautiful deer, not my highest-scoring deer, but the prettiest coolest story deer i got only deer i got with sheds off of the year before i have a storyline that's why i, I want to tell you guys because i think it's a cool story and i get passionate about hitting it. and that's what we kind of like to do on white tail legacy podcast i'm just a normal guy small acreage and i got it done and i messed up and that's why i wanted to make that known that i messed up but i still got it done so people when people say you got to be perfect or you these bucks don't take no pressure that's true but if you put your time in at the right time you can still get it done no matter what property you're hunting so i uh i didn't do everything perfect on that deer so but i got it done i got him down i got some meat off him i got to take him to chris um that's how me and chris actually met it was i 
took that deer to him. So I got that relationship because of that deer. Um, that was the the first deer that my kid could like actually you know see, and it was that was super cool. And uh, the first deer I actually shot was the one before that the year before is uh he he was a uh, he just got born then so he was like maybe 20 days old no he's 15 days old yeah or less than that like 12 days old <laughs> yeah and uh i took him to my aunt or his aunt to babysit because i knew that i want to go hunting and then i shot that deer i was like <laughs> sweet but yeah this is the first deer that like big deer that my kid could actually like see and realize so that was super cool and uh there's a lot of good out of this buck uh he had he has an awesome kicker that gave him five inches and then he's got uh it looked like three picture three splits and and velvet picks but it's actually like like his brow like curves back and he's got like two backwards kickers off his main brow so that was super cool he's dark chocolate just massy just a big deer and he he ended up being 149 inches, not a giant by any means. For people that are listening to this, they're like, "I thought you were gonna say, you know, huge," <laughs> but he's just so special to me. And that's you know, that's what we're looking for. That's what I we're mean, looking for. If if I could if I could have a story with a deer like I did this one with sheds and stuff, and and he's 150, I would take that over a one mid 160s just because it's so. You hear about it, you know, but it uh, happening to you is is rare, you know. So, this is my favorite deer I've shot. Um, Didn't wasn't the other buck that was with him bigger yeah, than this one? Yeah, I would say I I I know, yeah. I know when you've told me this before that that buck was bigger, but you're like, man, dude, the history I've got with this yeah. deer, I you know, that, it's just gonna be cool when I think when I that get him eight would have went. He had some kickers on his base. Big chocolate, long tines, like 10, 11 inch U2s. You know, I think he would have been mid 150s. Just an absolute beautiful, still. But I could tell he was younger too, just by his body style. I could tell that he was a lot, he was a really stellar three and a half, you know, or four and a half year old deer. So, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me that too. You know, I think he that was, deer was definitely younger, but bigger. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I got a homeboy here who. I passed up last year. He's my he's one of my target bucks this year. Yeah. And then I'd like to get it get him down and then next year I can get back on this eight pointer mm-hmm. that I seen. Yeah, so now now I uh Chris he took an extra special long time with my mount and I told him to. Uh it turned out killer, but I'm gonna do uh I'm gonna do a picture of him underneath the year before and then a velvet picture of him bedded the year I shot him and then the sheds like around his neck or something and give it like a whole, I don't know if it's going to be in the studio or where it's going to be, but it's going to be like a whole shrine <laughs> to homeboy. So he was homeboy his first year, but second year, not homeboy. He nah. was, he was a neighbor, neighbor buck. <laughs> so, but thanks for listening guys. I know that was like the longest deer hunting story you probably ever heard, <laughs> but I get, now you know why we did this podcast because I get so wrapped up in this stuff it's me and homie talk about deer hunting every every day 
every day I text him probably yeah. about something. He sends me a post about something we read it or we're talking about something and we're agreeing or disagreeing. But it's just if you listen to this podcast a lot, it's you're the same way. You just feed you just, you just drive deer hunting just drives you crazy. It's just what you do, you know. So Or you just want to hear, you know, maybe you had a bad year and yeah. you know, you're just like, Well, nobody shot a good deer this year. Well, yeah, somebody did, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean we appreciate you guys listening. That's one thing we want to say. We noticed on the last episode, got those original listeners that are really kicking it for us. So we appreciate that a ton. We can't say enough for those guys. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, leave us a review, man. We appreciate that too. But I hope you guys uh, dug the story of Homeboy. Um, I know I love sharing it with you guys. And, uh, Hopefully, if you listen, you're at Elmwood Outdoor Show, you can come tell us a story like that. So, And if it takes that long, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat the whole time listening to you. So. Right on. So, If you want to see Homeboy, come check him out at Nowhere yeah. or Elmwood. He'll yeah. be there. Now you know the story of Buck, so seeing the mount's a lot cooler. But, yeah, you can check this out on YouTube. If it, everything syncs up right, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. the wife might have texted and it'd yeah. just be it'd be gone now. <laughs> yeah. I have so, no idea. We'll see. So, uh, thank you guys. You got anything else to say? I don't. All right. Whitetail Legacy out. Yep. Remember, plan your hunt and hunt your plan. Remember, always have fun.